Welcome to the Authors Who Lead podcast. This podcast is dedicated to you, people who want to be inspired by authors, leaders, and the messages they share. This is such an important podcast to us because we help uncover what goes on behind the scenes when authors are writing their book. We talk about the process. We talk about where they get big ideas, and you can listen in on those conversations. We can't wait for you to join us. So let's get started. Hey, everyone. We're so glad you're here at Authors Who Lead. I'm here with the CEO of Bonjoro, Matt Barnett's here. I'm so glad he's here. He's a British designer and artist who decided to move to Australia where Bonjoro was born from a sales hack he had for his first business. And Matt and his team decided to go all in on the idea. And three years later, Bonjoro has snowballed into a startup success story with a full remote team across six countries and five continents. It's really great. What I really love about Bonjoro as a platform is it allows me to connect with people that I get to meet right away and they get to see my face. And we'll talk more about how the app works. Matt loves building great products. So he's only, only hoping to surpass his total commitment to building great businesses, culture, and his goal is to be the next Zappos, to be the most loved brand in the world. I love this. Matt, welcome to the show. It's also great to be here. Yeah. So, you know, let's talk about, I'm so curious about your art. Like there's a Brit who moves to Australia and then builds a, a SaaS program. Like I, I'm so fascinated how that journey began. So let's talk about your art. Where, were you an artist in school and residence? What was it like for you when you say an artist and what, what does that mean to you? Yeah. I mean, obviously throughout school, I kind of hid away in the art building most days and then leaving in London. I went into industrial design, which is not the best word, but it's, it's basically product design. So mm-hmm. I've got a bit of a weird brain where it's kind of mathematical and then very creative. So you kind of have those two sides that tends to lend itself to design pretty well because you've got the engineering side and then you've got the, the pure creative side. So I went to a design school out near Windsor Castle and we, we basically lived in, in a big castle in the middle of the woods with 600 mm. other designers for four years. Cool. <laughs> Almost like a Bauhaus kind of design. School. It was pretty interesting. You know, it, was, um, it had its good points. It also meant that every single friend I had was a creative. Which, <laughs> that can, yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> which is also kind of weird and uh, tumultuous, I guess. I left and went into doing design consultancy and then, and then at the same point, I was doing a lot of, a lot of my artwork and started exhibiting. And I kind of, I guess I, I probably approached it with a bit more of a kind of all in mentality. I think I did 23 exhibitions in my first year. Oh, wow. I decided to skip the whole starving artist side. <laughs> I'll say. It was a lot of fun. Like, like I enjoyed it. I, I think the one thing I learned is that in that industry, in London, especially with the whole kind of with the whole kind of YBA thing behind it with, with Damien Hurst and Mark Quinn and stuff, it was very much, you, you had to be the brand. So to make, to be successful, people were basically buying you, not so much your work. And I'll be honest at the time, I don't think I had the ego for it. So I knew what you had to do and I could play the game, but it just didn't really fit me, I think morally. And it kind of, it almost tainted the, the work that I was doing a little bit. So I decided to keep that to a passion. Like I still exhibit today, but I, off the back of that, had been traveling a little bit, had the bug, as, as you yourself know, you know, ended up moving, <laughs> yeah. to, moving to Australia at 26. I think I felt I was always going to start something on my own. I mean, as many of the creatives here are listening, you know, we're not the best under authority or under, or even necessarily <laughs> under leadership. We, you know, we like doing our own thing. So I think that was kind of inevitable. I fell into SaaS because I, I actually went on a date with my original co-founder. And the date didn't work, but we started the business the next day. <laughs> it's amazing. It's pretty, 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 pretty interesting. She, she was also a, a creative. And then we started this off. It took us a long time. We started a couple of businesses that didn't work. She ended up going her own way. And you know, Bonjour came many, many years later. But that journey, 
you know, it's just starting a business, starting off on your own thing is incredibly creative. You know, every day you don't know what you're going to do and, and how you're going to do it. And you have to think about unusual ways to do things to succeed. And you know, the learning curve is incredibly steep and, and you can approach it. Well, I think if you approach it with a creative mindset and you get it right, you probably have a much greater chance of success than somebody who doesn't approach it as a creative mindset because you can think outside the box. You can, you know, you can build brands, you can inspire people, you, you can take different turns and, and come up with ideas that other people wouldn't come up with. So for me, the whole idea of building a, a SaaS company is just one big creative experiment. Yeah. Still. No, that's great. I'm glad it's still experimenting because a lot of creatives, they like the starting process, but then as it becomes the other thing, the business thing, there's so much to it that it's hard to stay connected to the creativity, but it sounds like you found out that, that path. Let's help people understand what Bonjour is because many people may not, listening may not know it and hopefully by the end, we'll really get a better understanding of, of this. What was the impetus of it and why Bonjour so we can help people understand what it does? Yeah, so on this journey of, of trying to work at how business worked, which I think came naturally to us, one of the things we, we ended up having a small startup here where we, we ended up doing some kind of tech where we worked with large agencies, so large creative agencies and branding agencies. But being in Australia, which is a lovely place to live, but it's in the middle of nowhere, we ended up with all our customers in London, New York, and Paris. And so the challenge being here, we found is that whenever we had inquiries coming in, whenever we had leads, whenever we had new customers that were coming to our funnel as such, we would always be asleep. Now, mm. we were very good at selling customers in person. And by selling, I wouldn't say we're natural salespeople, but you know, we were creative. We were dealing with creative agencies. We had a good product. So getting in a room, we'd have a lot, a lot of fun with people and you know, ultimately end up growing the business that way. But we had to get in front of them. And mm, good point. people were coming in and we were doing email marketing and, and drip marketing, which was fine at one point. But it, as everyone starts to do it, it dropped off. I just thought, look, how can we get ourselves in front of the customer straight like as soon as possible? And so what I would do, I used to take a ferry to work. So if you've ever been to Sydney, there's a place called Circular Quay and I lived across the water. And so I'd take a boat into the city each day. And that boat just happened to go past the Opera House, which oh, is yeah. quite iconic. So I get to the front of the boat and we would we built a bit of stuff where every morning it would tell me who what inquiries had come in that evening. And it would give me their names. It would give me what company they work for, what their title was, some of the last work they'd done. So we had a bit of background about them. And I would run to the front of the boat when we went past the Opera House and I would get out my phone and record a video for that individual. So I'd say, hey, Hey, John, saw you sign up from Ogilvy in London. Awesome. Love what the agency does. You know, I know the guys at Ogilvy here in Australia. See that you guys have worked with, you know, Budweiser. We've done that as well. And I kind of just chat away. And I'd be like, and look, there's the opera house behind me. And this video <laughs> would take like 40 seconds. And I would send it off. And the very first thing they would ever hear from me would be this video of me on a boat with yeah. the wind in my hair. <laughs> Amazing. Half awake with a coffee. And the response overwhelmingly, was, you know, we can't really understand what you're saying, but this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, is, this is hilarious. Like, you should come in and talk. Like, next time you're in London, next time you're in Paris, or let's hop on, on, you know, on Zoom. Like, yeah, absolutely here. want to hear what you guys have to say. And we tripled our response rate. And as a result, we were able to get more meetings, more demos, and, and then build that business a lot faster. You know, a long story short, some of those agencies, some of those creative agencies asked if they could use this video email tool. And so we let them onto it. And we built a system where they could use it. And they started sending them out to their clients. And then some of their clients came to us and said, oh, can we use this as well? And we're like, okay, sure. And you know, within like three years, we had like 35,000 people using it. But it was, we never went out to build this. I mean, I guess that's the point I'm trying to circle back to. It was never meant to be. It just 
happy accident. And then I think we saw the opportunity and dug into what it was and decided to kind of jump all in, which was, you know, in hindsight, a, a great move, but also quite a scary one at the time. Yeah. Because, I mean, even though I had traction, I mean, you're, you were pivoting your entire company because this was not the focus, obviously, of the company you were running previously. When people are doing this, when you're making that shift, what, how much confidence do you have to have in order to say, I think we should do this? Or is it more still an intuitive thing? It's a balance of both. I think we, I mean, like you have confidence in your intuition. I'm not going to say your intuition is, is always correct, but I think because we've been trying to build you know, a business for you know, a car like five years, again, this is not an overnight thing. I think we understood that some of the things when we saw people coming to us and saying, can I use this? Can I use this? Can I use this? And we, we didn't even have the product. When we put them on it and it, like, it, was, it looked disgusting. It, hardly, it worked kind of like 50% of the time. People still enjoyed it. And we're like, <laughs> and we're like if people like this, then I'm pretty sure if we make this properly, people will like it more. Um, look, we took a jump. We took kind of a leap of faith. We stopped working on the one business and worked on this one. You know, we weren't a big team at the time. There's only kind of, I think, three, maybe four of us. So we kind of jumped in feet first. But yeah, look, we had to take a leap of faith. We had to kind of like just jump on the opportunity. All advice, you know, says don't start more than one thing at once, like focus on one thing. So I think yeah. it was, we had to go all in on one of them and we picked this one. And again, in hindsight, it was the right decision, but I don't think it was a fluke. I think, again, having failed, and, you know, and this is the same as being all you know, if you've written 10 books, you know, when you see people who are overnight successes, you can guarantee they, they actually probably have quite a long history behind them. So when they get to the point where they do the thing that works, it's built on their previous experiences. So it's not, again, it's, it's very, very luck. It's the fact that by that point, you kind of, you start to understand more and more and more what you're doing. The longer you're in the game, the right. more you know when the opportunities are, are there and when to jump. Right. That's a great point. I think that's, the, you bring along your experience from life. Failures for sure, because I think those things teach you so much. When you're trying to build something new, you can at least have intuition. I know I built a business that crashed and burned. It was a, a gym. I'm glad I don't own a gym now at <laughs> these times, but it was difficult. You know, I learned everything I learned about sales really was there during that time. So it was a great training ground for me and learned how to be, you know, a leader of a company. I learned how to uh, create culture. So I learned a lot, even though those, and I brought those with me in my other businesses that I started. So let's help people understand how an author might use Bonjoro. And I'll talk a little bit about how I'm using them when people apply to, you know, to want to work with me as their coach or to one of our programs. I use Bonjoro because I want them to have a personal touch. So if people get those from me, they know what they're like. But what, what does it do? So let's imagine that people have never seen it. Maybe their mind, they can't see it. Let's imagine that you're on that boat and you're using Bonjour instead of this other platform that you created just for that moment. What does it look like for the user? How can they use it? And what does it look like for the person, the receiver of these videos that they get? Yeah. So similar thing is if somebody comes on board and downloads my book for the first time and they, and they put in their email and they come to the funnel. Bonjour is connected into whatever you use to manage those leads and customers. So if you have a MailChimp or an active campaign or, or even a Patreon account. So if, if some of the authors here are using Patreon, plug into that as well. When someone gets a book or again, if using Patreon, maybe donates and kind of backs you, you'll actually get a little notification either on the desktop or on the phone. Yeah, so we have an app that pulls in that person's name, where they are in the world, any other information you have that you can pull in as well. Maybe they fill out a bit of a form and we obviously tell you what they purchased. And you can then hit that person and you can record a quick 30 second message for that individual. So if Katie signed up from or download your book from Orlando. And you can see that maybe, maybe you know, she's already purchased two, two of your previous books off you as well. You can say, hey, Katie, you know, this, is, this is us all here. 
amazing to have you you come back again thanks so much for backing me and for you know purchasing my my third book now it's amazing to have you with us i just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart you press stop recording and that's it you go back to your life we handle all delivery we send that email we send that video out through email and then when katie receives that she can watch that video she can respond to it she can engage with it and she will do and she'll be blowing away the fact that you stopped it's not even about the video the video is an amazing way of of kind of getting it but it's an amazing way of getting across who you really are and people know it can't be faked but it's the fact that you've stopped you know for a minute or 30 seconds and just said thank you that's pretty rare and the feeling katie gets from that she's just going to double down and say this was absolutely the best purchase and there's a good chance she'll come back and purchase again and there's a better chance she'll go and tell her friends and say hey look at this how cool is this yeah Totally agree. That's my experience when I've done it. People send me an email back saying, this is a really cool thing. Thank you so much. Because you're mentioning my name, you're sending it to them. You're not, it's not a generic, you know, canned response, which email is really, that's all it feels like is you're getting bombarded with information and it makes them feel like they know you. And in some ways they actually do because you're talking to them specifically. And it's the personal touch that, that it doesn't take long. I mean, you could, I think Pat Flynn, who is our, mutual friend from Smart Passive Income, he says he, he does them on his walk. He has like a scheduled walk and it's X amount of time, 30 minutes or whatever. And that's when he does them. And I think that's a really great way, a tool to say like, this is part of my habit and my practice to connect with people that, that purchase from me or get onto my list or buy my book. And I want them to know I care. And the best way I can do it is to shoot a video. That's when I get videos from my friends on a birthday, instead of just like, you know, a thumbs up on Facebook, I really appreciate it because they had to take the time to actually stop, sing happy birthday, whatever they do, put my name in it and send it. It's a small gesture, but it's compared to the number of people who don't, I might get one of those a year versus I might get 50, you know, hey, happy birthdays. And so this Bonjoro really helps you stand out and the likelihood of them wanting to engage again and again with you goes significantly up. And that's been my experience with Bonjoro. That's why I love it. It's automated, so I don't have to think, (laughs) to be honest. It tells, it, it even tags them for me, like I use ConvertKit, so it tags them depending on what they opt in and for. So I know specifically, and then also tells me if they opened it, did they watch it? Should it, you know, I have so much information and it's right. And I'm sitting, you know, wherever I'm doing on the couch or going for a walk and I can know so much more about these people as my customers. Exactly. I mean, Pat Flynn's great. It's, it's interesting. We, being English Australian, I actually did not know who Pat Flynn was when he, so he signed yeah. up to us and we obviously practice what we preach. So and we get quite a lot of science these days. We still send the video to every single one. We use the whole team to be able to manage that. But Pat Flynn came in. I don't even know who welcomed him. But I think the point here is that we, we treated Pat Flynn the same as we would treat anyone coming into our funnel. And, we're, look, and we do have a good culture. We, we actually do, well, do have a team who do care about customers. We're all pretty kind of creative and out there. And so he would have been welcomed from our team. We would have said, you know, thanks so much, Pat, for coming on board. He loved that experience. He came on board as a paid user like very early on. And then down the line, and this is, I think, the kind of the advocacy superfan part is that is that one day Pat Flynn was on stage and started talking about Bonjoro, and we're sitting here in Australia, and suddenly all these signups just start pouring in, and we're, you know, we're sitting and we're going, "What? What's happening?" And people are like, "Oh, Pat Flynn's talking about you," and we're like, "Who's Pat Flynn?" And you know, we we obviously learn, we start to build a relationship with Pat Flynn down the line. We end up sponsoring and koalas for his kids and stuff to say thanks for, for all the help, and you know, like Pat lately like, was amazing. But the reason he got up and started using us in the first place and got up on stage is, is not because we called out him as being any special. We actually treated him like everyone else. However, we treat everyone well. So we treat all our customers well. We try and make a best first impression today with everyone. And yeah, the point here is that 
if you do this with 100 people, a few of those 100 people are going to have large followings. And if they start to talk about you or have, you know, or be influencers within micro niches or within communities, and when they start to talk about you, suddenly, suddenly, guess what? Like you start to get more traffic in, you start to get more readers that come into your funnel. And again, it's a process of, of being wonderful to everyone. Pat Flynn talks about this a lot. He talks about the idea of super fans. Hmm. Yeah, how do you get to 10, 100, 1,000 customers who love you rather than thinking you need you know, 100,000? You need a lot less. But if they all love you and you treat them wonderfully, they will talk about you so much that there is your number one channel for future growth. Right. I think that's so true. And I think that's what Bonjour allows you to do. I'm super excited to have you here because I really think people... I mean, thinking about the times that we're recording this now, I don't know what it'll be like in the future, but we're going to need to be able to engage people in different ways. And your tool has already been doing that. It's been really helpful for me. I look forward to, to seeing who's coming in because now it's not just looking at your, your list, your email list as numbers. They're not numbers, they're people. And if they're not really people, you don't want them on your list anyway. So you really want to nurture them and care about them. And I think that's what your company's done really well. I got the same welcome email when I signed up. I welcome with a video and, you know, one, you know, it's you because you know, I have a strange name. You know, Azul is not a common name. So this, the personalization really struck me. And of course, anything Pat, I guess I'm one Pat super fans. So I, I pay attention. I don't follow everything. I can't keep up. He puts a lot of content out, but it really does help create that. So what's coming next in Bunger? Like, how do you see this evolving? Like, do you already have visions for what this will grow into? Or is there other things that kind of come when you start building a company like Bunjaro that's serving people in this wonderful way? Yeah, so it's interesting, and this is, you know, maybe a lesson is, is that we obviously started this without without a strong grand vision. You know, we were just trying to right. we, were just, we were just trying to survive. So that in mind, what we've been very, I think, reflective, especially over the last kind of twelve months, looking at it and going, like, what what are we really doing here? And yeah, I mentioned earlier, I, I I wouldn't say that we're a video company. I think video is just a medium, and you can use this for creating content. You can use it for, for communication. Uh, yeah, it's, it's no different to writing it. Like, there's a million different ways you can use it. We use it because it's it's very transparent. That's why it works well for what we do. It's again, as you said, it's very obviously you. However, what what we're really doing, I think, is we are inspiring people to take these moments you know, to stop for thirty seconds or a minute and acknowledge customers. And essentially, at certain points on a customer journey. So this could be this could be first time purchasers. It could be existing customers, you know, who maybe purchased a second time or or have been with you for a year or it's their birthday. You know, different parts of the funnel. We found that these you know, taking that minute really pays off because you'll get a much higher response rate. You'll you'll get you'll start to create your super fans. So we look at that and we go, well, like where where do you extrapolate that to? And we say, well, how about if we could tell you when you need to take these moments of time with customers because you know we're all very busy. Time is very precious. But if we could say, hey, look, Joanne you know, has been with you for, for two years and she needs some love. And if you do this, it'll, it'll turn out to be X. That's kind of what we're looking to try and work out. Hmm. The whole part about, about the superfans is you know, how, do you, how do you systematically create superfans as well? You know, what strategies do you use to create the superfans? And then once you have the superfans, the other thing is how do you use them? So you know, a superfan like yourself, you'll also be talking about the person all the time. But then if Pat Finn reached out to you and said, hey, would you mind giving me a review? You'd be like, yep, five stars. You'd probably write, write him a paragraph on anything he asked you for. If Pat Fent asked you to join a community and help other customers, you'd probably jump in there and be very active and start talking. There's so much you can do with superfans once you have them. And they're, you know, it's obviously a two-way thing, but they're really willing to engage. So how do you make the most of these advocates when you have them to really start to become a channel for growing your business? And the strategies around that. 
And so I think where, where we play is, you know, how to create super fans and use them, how to understand when you need to put in some time to, to customers. Uh, one of the moments on the journey that, that 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 is worth your time. Yeah. And then on top of this, we, we, we're just doing some other communication tools as well. So we're, we've just released a, a Chrome extension. So if you want to, yeah, we talk about personalized video, which is very important. But if you want to do a video and drop it into a, into a ConvertKit email that goes out to you know, a group of 500 people, you can do that as well. So I think, oh, yeah. you know, we talk about like personalization works two ways. One is mentioning the customer, mentioning their name and where they're from and making it all about them. The, the other part of personalization is it's about opening up your world as well. So, you know, Pat Flynn does his own walk or in the kitchen and people see that and they're like, this is amazing. Pat Flynn's like letting me into his home. Mm-hmm. So, so, I th- so I think when you talk about kind of like doing these to groups of people, what, what, always start off with the best, always start off with a, with a one-to-one when they come in the funnel. But then down the line, you know, why not send them like updates, you know, on like a you know, three-monthly basis or monthly basis say, you know, hey, hey, you know, paid user group, like obviously don't, don't use those words, but you know, uh, it's Thursday afternoon here in, in Salt Lake City, you know, the sun's setting and I'm just working on my new book. I just want to you know, reach out and just say thanks, everyone. I hope everyone's safe with, you know, with the global situation right now. And anything I do to help, let me know. Now, although that's not to the individual, because they've already had an individual one, they already know you. But at this point, it's, it's a case of it's Thursday today. I'm here. This is a fresh piece of content. It's, it's unedited. I'm just thinking of you all. Right. Um, you know, and so there's ways to engage customers as you go along the funnel in, in lower touch ways as well. Yeah. No, it's so incredible. You can use it internally for uh, if you are a principal of a school or a CEO of a company and you wanted to at these times, right? These valuable times where you could send a personalized message or like you said, just a confirming message that encouraged them. And I think it's a way to stay like connected to your workforce specifically now when your workforce is not in, in person anymore. A lot of us who work online, that's our world. But for many people who are used to going to a job or uh, having office mates, this is a this could be potentially a great way for them to still feel like they're getting leadership from the people that they're uh, working for. Yeah, I think leadership, I, I think I think community and connectiveness now is super important. You know, I mean, my team are, my team are remote, but we do have, we do allow the team to go into hot desking. So, so in London, we have a couple of younger team members, I think for them especially, you know, going into the city and, you know, a, a, a few times a week is, is great for culture. And now they can't do that. It's like, right, okay, so how do we keep that going? Getting everyone on calls every day, we, you know, as, as a team, not all of us, but certain members will get on board and they'll send, you know, random videos to the whole team, like every couple of days, you know, singing or you know, <laughs> you know, I was hiking and, and, and almost set, stepped on a snake. So I sent a video to everyone. It's these little things where it's, it's kind of like off, off the cuff, <laughs> you know, it's not it, off the cuff, little like messages just to remind everyone, you know, that like the world, there are still great things in the world, things are, things are good and, you know, and. And, uh, and just keep everyone feeling part of the of the family. The opportunity right now is community, both with team and with customers. I think this is a wonderful time to get close to everyone, to support everyone in in any way you can. Be there, and then come out the the back end of this much stronger for it. Right. I think that's so true. I think I've been really resistant. You're helping me today, and I just want to appreciate you. Resistant sending out emails around what's going on in the world because it, because I'm getting even my bank sending everyone's sending them like somehow like they feel obligation to send these emails but i was like i'm gonna send them a video like here i am i'm here i'm sitting in my office i wear a you know collared shirt but i'm wearing like running pants like that's how i work (laughs) and just speak honest and just communicate with them what i'm doing and 
to inspire them to be healthy and happy as best they can. And that's it. Like I, no long message about what, what you should be doing, how you can work remote, all those things. I'm getting so, so many people are now a remote, remote worker experts. And I'm like, so <laughs> done with listening to that. But this is helpful. This is so great. It's creating communities, creating connections. It's building trust. It's a personalization and it's all, it's all for the good. That's what I, I really love. I love the value. Now, tell me, where, where did the bear come where, or the, 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 the bear, the, the, the concept around, you know, the outfits that you are and why, why, I mean, obviously there's some story behind it. Yeah. So the real story. <laughs> yeah. The real story. I don't want to, not the, the, one the one. <laughs> uh, We, uh, so we, we were all sitting in the pub trying to come up with a brand and we had a name, Bonjouro which obviously has connotations to, to Bongiorno and Bonjour, because obviously it's a welcoming piece. We thought characterization would be good because you want to make something quite lighthearted. Like you know, MailChimp's done, done a great job with us over the years. Uh, we felt that that would suit our personality. And then one of the guys, we're just thinking of ideas, and one of the guys just pulls a, up a picture of a bear waving on Google, and he was like, how about this guy? <laughs> and we're like, we're like, and every single person was just like, perfect, done. done. And so we... We started with this. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a grizzly bear like, lying down in the field waving. And we're like, okay, that, that, that's it. That, that, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> we then, I guess, took that to its natural kind of culmination. It just starts to kind of get a bit out of hand. We, um, the bear suits thing we did at the beginning, and people loved it so much that we started sending bear suits to customers when they hit certain milestones. So we used to send bear suits to customers or, or to their kids. So I, I believe Pat Flynn, we sent it to Pat Flynn, and then he sent a picture saying, it was Halloween and his kids ju- just wanted to wear the bear suits. So we have on, on Halloween, we have like all these pictures of clients' kids who, who went out <laughs> Halloween in our bear suits. And we're like, okay, good. Now, now every team member who signs up, we have this, this company in, in Northern England where all these grannies make these custom bear onesies. So we let the team design their custom onesie. It's pretty fun. <laughs> you know, we, we sponsor a bear in Russia. We sponsor koala bears. It, you know, it, it's quite fun when you have something like that and you go, right, we're just going to do everything to do with bears. People like it. It's very much you. If people see if people see people in a bear costume on, on LinkedIn, they're probably like, oh, that's that's Bonjour. If you search for me, you know, if you type in Papa Bear, you'll find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> it's super easy. I think like I think like it's nice, yeah. Like like when you're when you physically like literally can can step inside your brand or your customers can or your, or your team can, I feel like something happens. It's like suddenly, like it's almost again, this comes back to the whole super fan advocacy piece. When you put people into your brand in a physical way, you kind of almost force the advocacy and super fan thing on them, and mm-hmm. they love you for it. You know, it's 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 very lighthearted. It's quite enjoyable and it's quite unique as well. So, right? No, I, I think it is really unique and it's, it's fantastic because some of the best decisions happen over a drink. Uh, they're simple. They're not like we through this strategy we mapped it out. We found out the bears of this color nature sell more. Like. That's not, that's not how great things happen, no. in my opinion. <laughs> and I love that that's where, where it came from. And it just, it, just is, it, kinda, it just resonates and amplifies your brand as who you are. This is, this is how we started things. So why would we change those kind of things now? I think, like, I think with brands, my advice, so I guess a couple of things, always think about your brand very early on. Obviously, for authors, a lot of this will be personal brand, but think about it like super early and start to work on it you know, from day one. You, you can launch a brand tomorrow without even having written the book. So we've always been very brand focused. And then uh, secondly, the brand is something you, you, you create from scratch. So, you know, especially like, so with us thinking about company names, we, you know, we, we decided to choose a word that didn't exist. And um, obviously this helps with things like fine domains, 
but the point here is that is that then you become the adjective. You know, you become the noun or the verb or, or the word that people use. So people will say, you know, I'm sending a bonjour, which is incredibly powerful right. because they're because they're really just sending a video. <laughs> but but, <laughs> right. but, but it, and that becomes the thing, and because it's a word that doesn't exist, there's no previous, I guess, what's the word? Not not hooks. There's no, there's nothing tying this word down. So the brand that you then create behind this word, when people say the word, it brings up all the brand values and the feelings behind it and everything that you do. You know, you think about like people saying, you know, I'm just going to dice in the carpet. Mm-hmm. The same kind of thing. So, so, so how do you get to that stage? If you can start with, with a unique word that you can then build into, it's like having, it's a blank canvas to get started. And this works with personal brands as well. I mean, you know, still be authentic, be yourself, but you know, you can build in this, you can create the brand that you love and the best brands in the world. I think of those that are created from, from nothing without anything, you know, they're not looking for a smart catchphrase. They're just starting with an empty slate. Yeah. I love that it was a creative process, but it wasn't overly, you know, articulated through some, some campaign of research. And I think, I know, I think I tell authors like, I, I don't know where book ideas come from, to be honest. The, they're just there. And I say the best ideas are not big ideas. They're really, really small ideas, meaning it's only, it's so small that you notice it. And you're like, hey, what if we did this? What if I wrote about this or created this? And somebody goes, wow, that's interesting. I never thought of that, but that's really cool. And that's a small little idea that everybody walked past every single day, but you were doing on a ferry, right? <laughs> Sending videos. But that small idea becomes a big idea when other people start talking about it more than you. That's how they become big ideas. So really, big ideas aren't big, they're small. And I think that's the thing I try to help authors understand is that you're not trying to create a big thing. That's something that happens outside of the work. So I feel like that's this sort of simple simplicity of this Bonjoro and the design is like a simple notion. And then the complexity gets built in around the simple idea of connecting with, with clients or users. Uh, 100%. I think everyone thinks they have to solve the world. and like, that's not, that's not what we did. I think you start with the first step. So I'd, for me, it's always about execution, I think. So the idea of having that, you know, a thousand people have that small idea. Out of those thousand people, only one person takes that first step. Once, and then once you start taking that first step, I guess what, each day, each week, you know, with us as a, as a company, you know, we might have a, I think now we have a plan for the next kind of 12, 18 months. I, I could promise you, ask me in six months, it will probably have changed. <laughs> so yeah, like, right. and that's fine. Like, like we, we, don't, we don't worry about that because we'll just, we'll just take the next step each day and each week. But the first step is, is the most important. So again, if you have that idea, the one thing you'll do differently to everyone else is you'll, you'll start writing and then it will start to build momentum over time. But most people have had that idea and not done anything with it. Right. I think that's the thing is that most of the ideas die. You know, they don't get nurtured. So they, they pass or they don't, they move on. And, I really have appreciated this conversation. This is really helpful. I want people to use Bonjour. Where should we send them to learn more about you and your incredible platform, which I, I'm so grateful you created, so they can uh, learn uh, how to delight their their readers? I think if they hop into... So if you, if you go into Bonjour and create an account, one thing you will receive is a video from one of my team. I think it's very useful to kind of see it firsthand. If you... <laughs> it could, I still do them every day, but you're more likely to get one from one of the other team. It could be UK, it could be USA, it could be here. Could be South Africa, could be Manila. You'll you'll receive one, you'll experience it, and if that feels like the kind of thing that would work for your brand and what you're trying to build, then then give it a go, have a play around. Look, as a note, if you receive one and respond to the person, that that's the person you, you'll be talking to. Mm-hmm. So feel free to you know engage and reach out. 
like if, if anyone wants any advice or about anything else or wants to reach out to me personally, feel free to say search Papa Bear on LinkedIn. That's where you'll find me. I'm not, I'm not a huge social media person, but if you look on LinkedIn, I'm the guy in the bear suit. I'm more than happy to help where I can. I had a lot of advice getting where, where I am, like a lot. <laughs> I used to be quite yeah. cheeky and I, and I would ask everyone all the time. So <laughs> if, you, if you want to reach out again, back, back to the step, you know, take, take the first step. If, if you want to hit me up, most people don't. So if you do it, I will absolutely get back to you and help where I can. Yeah, that's wonderful. And it's bonjour.com. Go there, start an account just to see what it's like. It's really quite a unique experience. Matt, thank you so much for being here, sharing with our, our Authors Who Lead audience, helping them understand how important connection is. And I appreciate you for being our guest. Thanks, all. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening again to another episode of Authors Who Lead. We appreciate you being here and we hope you subscribe so you get this delivered to your device every week. And if you haven't left us a review, please do so. It really helps. And if you have a book in your heart, you've been wanting to write a book, please go to authorswholead.com and join us on this journey of becoming a published author.